Is it true that there is a phone app out there that can make you a powerful psychic? And then we travel to Virginia City in Nevada to take a tour of a haunted art center. Is it true that by day, old women paint things, but at night, bloody chains appear hanging from the walls today on Dead Rabbit Radio? Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. Hope you guys are staying warm, all my listeners in the United States. I don't know why all of a sudden I couldn't pronounce the word united. Am I seeing the future? Civil Civil War incoming? We'll talk about seeing the future. There's no civil war coming for those of you who got worried instantly. But we'll talk about the fact that I can see the future now. But before we get into all of that, first off, because it's winter-themed, because everyone's chilly, everyone has a bunch of parkas on, in comes one of our legacy Patreons. He's dressed like a penguin. He's sliding on his belly into Dead Rabbit Command. It is Jimmy Moore. Everyone give a round of applause to Jimmy Moore. He's a longtime listener of the show. He's been around forever. Jimmy, we really appreciate your support. See so waddles in little penguin outfit. You're gonna be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the Patreon, or if you guys happen to be humans, that's okay too. Just help spread the word about the show. Really, really, really helps out a lot. Talk about it online. Talk about it in person. Get the word out. Jimmy, I want to toss you the keys to the Jason Jalopy. We are gonna leave behind Dead Rabbit Command. We are headed out to Wall Street. <laughs> Jason Jalopy's driving on the road. I'm going to take this as an opportunity as well. It's Friday, so you guys got the weekend. I wanted to say this. I've been doing really good on my 90 Days to a Better You challenge, because I'm doing it as well, obviously. And to those of you who are still trying to figure things out or have already started doing things, this is an interesting way to look at this. What do you really want to do? See, the last time I did a 90 Days to a Better You Challenge, I was focused on losing weight. I was looking at that scale, that number on that scale, trying to make that number go down. But that's not really what I wanted. It's not really what I wanted. I wanted to be healthy. I wanted to be fit. So you know what I did? I actually took my scale, and I took the batteries out, and I put it in the closet. And I'm gauging my 90 days by how much weight I'm lifting. And the gains have been amazing. Just in the past couple weeks, I'm reusing that old muscle that I built up in high school and college when I was seriously lifting weights. I thought I wanted to be thinner, but I want to be stronger and healthier and fit. And then the weight loss comes from that. So I, I, it's very important to look at what you actually want. If I dropped down to 220 pounds, yeah, I'd be fine. I would look good but I want to be strong. And because that's what I really want, those gains are just piling on top of each other. So think about what you re- what your real end goal is. I, for years, wrote. I was an author for years and years and years and was writing and putting this stuff out. I couldn't keep my production schedules up. It turns out I didn't want to be a writer. I wanted to be a storyteller. As a child, I wanted to be a director. As an adult, I wanted to write. I've written scripts. I've written books. I've written short stories, all sorts of stuff. But I wanted to be a storyteller. And once I realized that and I started doing this podcast where I tell two stories a day, 10 stories a week with cool little sci-fi twists at the end of the episodes, 
This is what I wanted to do. And once I realized that I wanted to be a storyteller, it didn't matter what the medium was, I wanted to tell stories to people, everything fell into place. So if you are thinking, I want to be a rock and roll guitarist, is that what you really want or do you want to be in the music industry? You know what I mean? Think about what your true motivation is. That might help you click. And this goes past the 90 days to a better you challenge. This could be something that opens up whole new gateways for you. So think about that. Think about what you really want to do. Because once I stopped worrying about that needle on the scale and start started worrying about the weights being attached and just lifting heavy, I can't wait to work out. I can't wait to see how strong I am now. Think about what your end result is. And that will help you become a better you. 90 Day Challenge and beyond. Wanted to get those words. Hopefully those motivated you. Those words motivated you. Jimmy Moore's jumping out of the car. He's lifting weights. His little penguin arms lifting weights. Go for it. Go for it. But we also gotta go go to Wall Street. So Jimmy Moore is back in the Jason Jalopy. And um, we are on the way. Maybe we'll get him a little... Uh, maybe we'll weigh the, <laughs> we'll weigh down the steering wheel. So as he's steering it, it's like lifting weights. It's also super hard to drive. The reason why we're headed to Wall Street is because I want to talk about this app that I talked about a, a while ago. It's a couple episodes ago. I mentioned the Fortian map, and I mentioned this app called the Remote Viewing Tournament. I think it was last week or the week before. I said, hey, I'm going to announce it over... It was actually farther back than that, I think. I go, I'm going to announce this and I'm going to try it out. And if I see anything from it, then I'll let you guys know, dude, this is awesome. This, this, you guys, you guys, I made jokes that this is going to get you kidnapped by Professor X. Uh, It might. And I might be the first to go. First off, I got to give a shout out to Nate's Patreon supporter. He's the one who brought it to my attention. So thank you so much, Nate. I would not have known what an amazing human, not no human, homo superior is the actual term that I'm giving myself. Let's talk about the app though real quick and then we'll get into how amazing it is. So this guy named Michael Ferrier invented this app. And basically he was listening to Coast to Coast AM one day and they had like a remote viewing exercise and he did it and he guessed it right. And he goes, ah, maybe there's something to this. But obviously, he's a bit of a paranormal fan if he's listening to Coast to Coast in the first place, but he's been thinking about remote viewing for a while, and like, is there any science behind it? Started investigating it, and then he does what really everyone does, or everyone wants to do. He takes a passion, which is paranormal stuff and remote viewing, and how can I make money doing this? So is this app free? Yeah. He actually pays winners quote-unquote winners out of his own pocket so at the end of each month the top 10 people get ten dollars and then at the end of the month the top 10 people for the life of the app get ten dollars so it's not a ton of money that's what two hundred dollars that you're paying out of your pocket but what he does is this he's trying to use and he's very open about this this isn't hidden he's done interviews on this it's actually in the apps frequently asked questions he uses the information that app users give to buy and sell stock on the stock market. He's been doing this since September 2019, and so far, he's made $7,000. Some days he buys, some days he sells. And that actually, he said that on average, he has a 55.7% chance of being correct. If he bases what he's going to do on the stock market on the results of the app, it's more than average that he'll actually make money. When you do, and I showed, I did a Patreon live stream uh, last Saturday, and I showed them how it's done. I'll, I'll try to explain. It's a little hard to explain, but every day at 1:30 p.m., 
right after the stock market closes. Your phone alerts yourself. If you if you have this app, if you don't have this app, this isn't going to happen. You're like, dang it, why is my phone not doing this? I have the app at 1.30. It gives me a white screen, and I draw an image of what I think I'm going to see. And then I submit it, and then it gives me a choice of two images. And basically, that image, one of those two images will be presented to me the next day at 1.30. And I have to predict which image it is. He says he gives... It gets complicated from there, but using this weird math, science psychic stuff, he, calc- he basically, one image means buy and one image means sell. And if more people saw the buy image in the future, he buys. And if more people saw the sell image in the future, he sells. But you go, Jason, how does it pre It gets a little more complicated than that. He says that he get- it's randomized, so some people see one image for buy and other people see one image... That same image image will mean sell. So it's this weird algorithm thing. But he apparently has it working because he's made $7,000 using this thing. And he's just buying and selling these stocks. His goal is to eventually be able to farm out remote viewers. He wants to prove that this thing is a viable option. He goes, eventually I would like to start giving them more money, more shares in what's going on. But so for example, for example, the other day my phone does a little beep beep. My phone pulled up the white screen, and I had in my head an image of something tiny. So I drew a picture of a giant chair and a little person standing next to it, and then I wrote tiny in that. I submitted it, and then it gave me a choice of two images. One was a beach with like a beach house and a bunch of chairs. The other one was a loaf of bread and little tiny pieces of cheese and a tiny German flag. I don't know if it was German. It was a European flag. Why would it be with bread and cheese? That's in France, but it wasn't a French flag. And I go, tiny, tiny, tiny little flag. So I clicked that one with 100% certainty, and the next day, bam, that was the image. That was the image. So right now, right now, and actually, let me say this too. I thought this was real interesting. There is a thing called decline effect in parapsychology, and basically, the longer you run a parapsychology experiment, it starts to go to 50%. They go, a lot of times when people start doing, like trying to guess random cards, like, can you see what's, is this a star? Is it a cross? That type of effect. Can you read? Is it a black or red card? People, a lot of times will get 60% right and be like, oh man, you're psychic. But as time goes on, it actually drops down to around 50%. And they go, sometimes it's the person gets a lot of hits early on and then they start second guessing themselves. They don't come as easy. They start not trusting their instinct, and then it ends up becoming 50%. And then they get, just get totally discouraged because that's that's normal. That's a homo sapien. So I've been doing this app for about three weeks now. I told you that story so I could doot-doot my own horn. I've been doing this app for about, I don't know, three four weeks now, every single day. There's about 13,000, 14,000 users of this app. Apparently, I was reading one of the reports. It actually might be higher. I probably could check it, but... Let's say 14,000, I'm in uh, the top 470 psychics who are currently using this app. And in the month of February, which is pretty much when I started, I think I started like the last week of January, I'm number 12. Number 12. And what's cool about this is that it actually will break down your stats. So right now, I've done 27 rounds, so I've done it for 27 days, so, so around a month. I'm 61% correct. They said, based on this app, they go, based on your answers, 
and how confident you are in your answers, there is only a 2.3% chance that you are doing this randomly. And if you even forget the confidence part, if you just pick two images and don't say I'm absolutely for sure, there's only 11% chance that you're doing this randomly. I'm a psychic, baby. I'm a remote viewer, and I got the numbers to back it up. I've been doing it long enough. So, interesting thing, if you've ever wanted to have proof that you're psychic, download this. However, again, I'm not responsible if government agents or fictional characters kidnap you and try to turn you into some sort of secret super weapon. But if they did, maybe that's part of the 90 days to a better you. Maybe you want to be locked up in some government lab. You're like, within 90 days, I'll be nine stories deep underneath the Pentagon. Just where I've always wanted to be. Try it out. It's a really cool app. See if you can beat my score. But do not, if you win 10 bucks, you gotta give it to me. You gotta give me a referral code. Jimmy, let's go ahead and leave behind Wall Street. Call in that Carpenter Copter. We are headed out to Virginia City, Nevada. You know what's funny? Today's stories I picked, I just kind of wanted a chill day. Honestly, I just wanted a chill day. Because yesterday's story, really, I hate that story. Like, when I was researching it more, I remembered most of it. Then I had to research. There was the Branson Perry story. And then I was researching it. And I was like, this is so gross. And then when I was telling it, it's like, ugh. And then I had to edit it. And I was like, oh, man. I was like, I just want to take tomorrow's Friday's episode. is going to be pretty chill. It's an interesting story. I'm, I'm glad that I shared it with you. It's truly horrific. Why am I glad that I shared that? <laughs> I'm like, that disturbed me for 20 years. Enjoy. And then I just play it. Yeah, dude, it's just so creepy. That story is so creepy for me. But anyway, so we're kind of taking a casual trip for this one. We are headed out to Virginia City, Nevada. We're walking along this dusty road. There's tumbleweed everywhere, broken down fence, uh, skull, cow skull. Don't get scared. Don't get scared. It's not a human skull. It's a cow skull. If you're a cow, though, that's probably terrifying. We're walking in front of St. Mary's Art Center. Formerly. St. Mary Louise Hospital. <laughs> Lightning striking. There's like a creepy weather vane of a rooster. <laughs> Going back and forth. That's how I picture this place. That's how I picture this place. Because that's how I picture most of Nevada. But as we go through this story, you're going to learn, like I did after I spent 30 minutes, 45 minutes researching this place, that the truth is... is Far different. The, far, the truth is far different than your imagination. According to hauntedplaces.org, one of my favorite websites to check it every day, just pick on a random city. This is what you see at St. Mary's Art Center. It used to be a hospital, so that's kind of spooky, right? You see a bunch of apparitions. You'll hear boot steps, which is oddly specific. Did you hear that? Uh, it just sounded like tennis shoes. You hear bootsteps. You hear bootsteps coming out of nowhere. You hear ladies' voices. Oh, my. Look at George and his new boots. And then you smell phantom smells, like rubbing alcohol, flowers, and pipe tobacco. Now, rubbing alcohol, I haven't heard that one before. It's interesting because flowers and pipe tobacco, I hear all the time with phantom smells. My grandpa, he was his favorite chair. He passed away every time I go over there. Or not every time. But every so often I smell pipe tobacco in the house. I've heard that story multiple times from, from friends of mine. I wonder why pipe tobacco and flowers too. Flowers and perfume. Flowers, perfume, and pipe tobacco. Weird. I don't have any like theory for that. But 
Maybe those smells, because it's never like, oh yeah, this is where my Aunt Ma died, and I smell Virginia Slims every time I walk by. It's never some noxious odor, unless it's brimstone. It's pipe tobacco, which actually smells really good. The one thing I love the most about hauntedplaces.orgs is the reviews. Because the little write-up is just like, oh, there's boot steps. And but then the reviews is where people actually have been to these places. They let us know what's really going on. Boots on the ground, you may say. So here's a review from McKenna. McKenna's story starts like this. Uh, she's going to go with a friend to St. Mary's Art Center because it has a reputation of being haunted. She wanted to see a ghost. Or what she refers to as a so-called ghost. Like, she doesn't believe in them, which is fine. You don't have to believe in ghosts. So that's her introduction. My introduction to this story is I read three to four hours a day. Not literature, not, not great works of art. I just read articles. People always go, how do you find all your crazy stories? I read three to four hours a day. There's a lot of skimming in this job because I'll just skim, skim, lights in the sky, lights in the sky, lights in the sky, gun, mm, and then I'll start to read it and be like, he pulled the gun on the alien and stuck it in his mouth and said, Earth rules. Oh, okay, I'm going to read this story. Lights in the sky, lights in the sky, abduction. Uh, reading that? Oh, hippies, they want to bring peace to Earth. Skip it, skip it. He's giving instructions on how to cure the Earth's ills. I'm like, get rid of that, get rid of that. Lots of skimming, because I have to read tons and tons of stuff. So as I'm reading this young woman's account, I'm reading it, and it's like, so we went to St. Mary's, and it was dark at night, and then we saw a visible, and I was like, oh, a visible specter. Okay, that's awesome. The word pops out because I'm just skimming this visible. You don't really, even in the initial account, they're like, yeah, there's apparitions, but it's the bootsteps that keeps people coming back. So then I saw that there was a word in there. I started reading from the top. Her and her friends show up at 10 p.m. on a Friday night. So a night much like this. If you're listening to it on Friday, if not, it's on a Friday night. You've experienced those before. They pull up to the house. I'm going to read you this right from her account. We pulled up. And there was a car in the driveway and lights at the front door. We saw a visible person walking out of the door and we asked if there was any way we could go inside. He was actually a worker for the art center. What? Have you ever been like, have you ever described one of your coworkers? Man, that guy sure is visible. You're like, what? Hey, man, you got to meet my friend. He's really cool. He's good at chess. He's visible. Why would you use the word Why would you use the word visible to explain a normal human walking out of a building? But at this point, I was already re- at this point, I was already reading the article, and I had a hunch from that. I had a hunch from that. I don't know if she knew the way that I read and the way that I skim. I don't know if this was some sort of time bomb, literal time bomb, because it's sucking up my time. But I had a hunch. If McKenna was making such an odd statement this early on in her narrative, mm, 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 there's basically two stories I look for. The bizarre and the ridiculous. That's why there's so many poop stories in this podcast. So McKenna meets this visible person. She's all touching him. She's all, is he real? She's, yeah, I'm real. Quit poking me. He works for the art center. Now, it's 10 o'clock at night. It's 10 o'clock at night here. But, that you know, maybe they had some new paint delivered. Maybe they're getting some new art supplies delivered. He goes, hey, would you like me to show you gals around? I don't know if he sounded that disgusting. But he does offer to show the girls around. The girls are like, yeah, fine. I'm assuming these girls are 
late teenagers because they're out driving by themselves. So, you know, you have a guy who's working in an art center. Everyone, every woman he sees is over the age of 50. He sees a couple co-eds walk in. Yeah, yeah, I'll show you around. I am a worker at the art center, after all. They start walking around. And she goes, the first thing we did when we walked inside was there was creepy dolls everywhere. Not just, not just dolls in their packaging, not just American girl dolls, creepy dolls. Here's the thing. All dolls out of their native environment are creepy. A doll not found in a girl's room or in the vicinity of a girl is a creepy doll. A girl walking down the street holding a doll, that's fine. That exact same doll covered in dust sitting on the side of the freeway. Literally the same doll. Could be brand new. It's terrifying. This guy showing McKenna and her unnamed friend around. And he's like, look at all this stuff. And as she's walking with him into the building, they're past the creepy dolls. He doesn't seem to remark on that. He takes them into a room where he has a bunch of cameras set up. Now, you and me, we talked about this on yesterday's episode, the Branson Perry's episode. People being naive. I want to walk into some abandoned building. It's not abandoned. See, that's the thing. Like the, Okay, well, <laughs> we'll get into that in a second, but apparently the building's abandoned and she walks her and her friend walk into it with this guy and now he has a bunch of cameras set up and he says that he works there we wouldn't go in the building in the first place we may go nah we're good man did you see that guy how visible he was oh dude that was super spooky i want to write that on the internet and then we'll double back when the dude's gone and then we'll go in and start messing with spooky ghost dolls and stuff like that i'm not going to roll around with some stranger that i don't know in this the former hospital, now art center. Well, these girls are apparently naive. They walk in here. There's a bunch of cameras, which, it, listen, man, there's only a few types of people who have cameras. Photographers. Uh, actually, there's a ton of people who have cameras. There's a lot of different types of people who have cameras. Some people just like taking pictures, but also perverts. They ruin it for everything, right? That's why I don't eat Chex Mix anymore, because one day I saw a pervert eating Chex Mix, and now that's all I can think about. So, room full of cameras. Now, they don't think anything of this. If you went into a dirty place full of spooky dolls at 10 o'clock at night with a stranger, and he said, come this way, and you saw a room full of cameras, you're going to assume you're in a Saw movie. You're going to assume these cameras are recording, and there's a snuff film going on. And they're eating Chex Mix. You see a guy in the corner. Let the party begin. At this point, the girls go, whoa, what are all these cameras doing here? And he tells McKenna... Oh, I'm a ghost hunter. These are my ghost hunting devices. So he lied. He totally lied. He doesn't work for the art center. He's a ghost hunter. He broke into the building, became visible, and then a car full of girls showed up. Well, two girls, so half a car full of girls showed up. He said, come in. I work here. It's okay. And then he's a ghost hunter too. But again, McKenna's not thinking that. At that point, we'd bounce because he already lied once. What else is he going to lie about? He takes them up to the nursery room. Now remember, this used to be a hospital, so it makes sense that there was a nursery room. And according to McKenna, this room held kids of all ages, specifically preemies to eight-year-olds. That is the worst combination to anyone who knows anything about human biology, and I don't know much. I do know that preemies are incredibly fragile. And eight-year-olds like to wrestle. Eight-year-olds just watch Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, and they're like, stay away, putties! And they're like kicking one-year-olds across the room. You can't combine eight-year-olds and preemies. 
Now, there were other kids in there, too. It wasn't just those two age groups. Then everyone else is another ward. So it'd be even worse. You got a bunch of, like, six-year-olds trying to, like, assert dominance over the eight-year-olds. And then you got, like, the preemies all huddled up, and they got their umbilical cords all connected, and they're, like, sharing food and secrets. They're plotting. They're going to form one giant eight-year-old. They're like, all of our ages add together. We're ten. They're like, no. They're punching them. Anyway, so that's not true, right? (laughs) Like, this is the point where you should start to realize that either this photographer slash checks mix enthusiast slash ghost hunter is lying to her, saying this room used to house all these different ages of kids, or McKenna is lying, or she's incredibly delusional. They go then to the basement, because that's where the ER was, according to McKenna. They have the basement, which is actually, that makes a lot of sense, because emergency room is what ER stands for, and there's nothing like an emergency that you have to go down three stories, right? The doctor's like, oh no, I gotta call, this guy's having a heart attack. As the elevator's going down. It's always leg day for the doctors there. Emergency rooms are always on the first floor, specifically for that reason. They're actually right next to the door. So whatever, this woman, McKenna's obviously never been in a hospital. I'm sorry to think she's never left her computer. So we have that. She's given us this layout, this theater of the mind. So we have the nursery, a.k.a. Thunderdome for ages eight and under. You have the ER in the basement. Then, on the top floor of this art center, formerly hospital, was an insane asylum. So this is a pretty all-functioning hospital, right? You can give birth. You can give birth in the hospital. And then you can be rushed to ER, not rushed. You know, you have to go down the elevator. Someone else is hitting the button to go up. You have to go back up to the top. A bunch of insane people get on it. You can do everything at this hospital. You have an emergency room. You have you, you don't want to have the nursery in the same building as the insane asylum. You probably don't even want it on the same city block. But they must have not had a lot of space in Nevada. Because Nevada is known to be a very crowded metropolitan state. It looks like Coruscant. You have the insane asylum at the top floor. You have the nursery. You can hear the crazy people are like, I can hear the babies vibrate through the floorboards. Besides the fact of having an insane asylum anywhere near a nursery or an emergency room, they're like, first, we go down to the emergency room, get all the scalpels and surgical saws. You don't want to have an insane asylum on the top floor of a building because they're insane. <laughs> they're just going to jump out windows. It's very interesting. That's a callback to an old episode I did. Very, very popular conspiracy theory. I'll put it in the show notes about the United States fighting Nazis in Antarctica, which is a ridiculous conspiracy theory. It was a really good episode. It didn't make any sense that when once you start to think about the conspiracy theory, it doesn't make sense. But one of the one of the parts of the conspiracy theory is one of the guys who supposedly was a whistleblower jumped out of an insane asylum. He was on the 8th floor, and they were saying you never put jumpers on the 8th floor. You put them on the 2nd floor, but for some reason he was transferred up there. That's one of the sticking points. They go, well, this guy killed himself, or he was assassinated because he knew too much. Forget that there was 30,000 other U.S. soldiers involved in this battle, and you don't have other soldiers coming out saying, I was also there, I shot down a spaceship, and Hitler was shaking his fist at me. He's like, mein Gott, I'll get you, Yankee! So, you know, whatever. But anyways, that's an interesting episode. Give that one a listen. But that was what made me think of this. I go, yeah, you don't never put an insane asylum on the top story. I learned, I learned that from insane conspiracies involving Nazis in Antarctica. McKenna also said on the top floor was, quote, scratches 
up and down the walls. Blood drips all over the floors. Chain locks on the bed. Creepy children's toys. And a deck of cards. Unquote. Why would she add that part? How does that add anything to the imagery? Scratches up and down the walls. Bloody prints on the floor. Bloody puddles. Chains on the bed and a deck of cards? I don't care if there's a deck of... Were they haunted? Did the Joker of the deck of cards wink at you? No, it's just a deck of cards. How does, it add to, how does that add to any of the menace there? Then they say that a door slammed super hard. After all of that, after seeing blood on, after seeing blood on the floor and being escorted around this location by a man who lied to you, what scared them the most was the door slamming. Here, this is because these are reviews. This is on the review, so this is the ending of McKenna's review. Quote, I have never in my life had an actual ghost experience until then. The slamming door, by the way. Not the blood, not the fresh human blood dripping. I have never in my life had an actual ghost experience until then. It freaked us all out, and we left and never went back. I am so willing to go back for a second time, though. Because that event changed my life and totally made me believe in the afterlife, unquote. So we have someone who in the beginning didn't believe in ghosts. Now it turns out they were full-on agnostic, possibly atheist, didn't believe in the afterlife at all. They figured when you died, it was the black void for eternity. I don't know what I was like before I was alive, so I don't care what it's like after I'm alive. Let the void swallow us all. Until the door slammed. Until the door slammed. And then she straight up Scooby-Dooed out of there. So we have that story. Now, I've never been there. I've never been there. And when I'm telling you that story, you're thinking, okay, maybe McKenna's exaggerating. I've been to a lot of places, but I've never seen a deck of cards. I've never seen a deck of cards out of place. Spooky dolls. Maybe there's like, it's like hobos running around there, stuff like that. Here is another comment right underneath hers, because again, this is so great about this website that someone can tell a tale like that and someone go, uh, there's this comment underneath this, quote, my friend rented the place out for the night. My children slept in the room that I guess was covered in scratches with chains, etc. I didn't see any of that. So I'm thinking, why would you rent out why would you ever be like, come on, kids, let's go to this abandoned ex-hospital. Now it's this abandoned art center where sometimes adults will just hang out with cameras in a room. Bring your dolls, BYOD, bring your own dolls. Why would you rent this place out? It turns out, because again, I've never been here, but after I read her, after I was tricked into reading her narrative by using the word visible, that's all it takes, putting the word visible in there. <laughs> Not anymore. Now that I'm going to need to read a little bit more before I continue. I was imagining this spooky, abandoned art hospital. Maybe it was an art center in the 60s when a bunch of hippies took it over. And now it's just this desolate place. It is a place where, to this day, it's completely all done up. They have art festival stuff. Well, not now because the pandemic's going on. But they're starting to open it up. It's basically a place where a bunch of old women would go and paint in the backyard. It's this beautiful building that is the only time there has probably ever been a creepy doll around there is on Halloween because it is known to be haunted. And every Halloween for like three days, they have these big like paranormal tours. Other than that, bring your it's BYOP. It's bring your own paint. And you sit out there and there's like ducks walking around. Jimmy Moore's dressed up as a penguin. He's waddling by. They're painting pictures of him. It's that. 
It's an art center. You go, there's like a basket weaving section and a yarn. You just look at yarn, you're like, oh man, I really wish I could do something with that. They're like, no, no, that's the advanced class. Lots of painting and stuff like that. It has been shut down during the pandemic, but it's not abandoned. There's no bloody chains. There's no deck of cards. There's not a deck of cards to be seen. There is two interesting questions about this, though. One is, this is me being conspiratorial, you are not allowed to go ghost hunting in that building. It is a known ghost haunted location. It's on go- It's on hauntedplaces.org, right? But you can't do any ghost hunting there unless you talk to the wigs. Now, I guess this makes sense. I'm, you- I'm a classic ghost hunter. I used to break into haunted places. Graveyards and houses, you know, hold the flashlight along, jumping over people's fences and stuff like that. Okay, you may call it a criminal ghost hunting, but that's classic ghost hunting. This is before ghost hunting shows and, you know, before things like laws and permits and trespassing orders and all that. It was back in the day, man. But I guess in, I guess the wigs control this side of the ghost town. They control this part of ghost town. The wigs are a group, they're called the Women Investigating Ghost Sightings. I bet you could. I bet you can never guess what wigs. You're like, I didn't even know it was an acronym. I just thought it was a bunch of like old, the old timey political party was walking around hitting people with canes. No, the wigs is women investigating ghost sightings. It's a woman, obviously woman based ghost group. They control the St. Mary beat. I wonder if you showed up and said, I would like to learn how to paint. please." (laughs) You're always painting pictures of ghosts and the wigs show up. They're knocking over your easel. They're like, get out of here, you bum. Or you show up and you're like, one yarn. I'd like to buy one piece of yarn, please. And then like you pull out your little EVP reader and you're like, when did you die? When did you die? They're like, what? The wigs come out of nowhere. They start beating you up. They're breaking your EVP recorder. They're like, record this, Smash. You're like, I just did. My other EVP recorder. They have a lock on this place. You can't investigate it. You can't investigate it. So that's just weird. I don't know how they got that. I don't know how they got that contract. I don't know why they would want that contract. But apparently that's the way it is. The other weird thing, and we'll wrap it up like this, this much more lighthearted episode than yesterday's episode, even though I referenced it multiple times. What in the world was McKenna talking about? Here's the thing. She was either completely making it up, totally lying about this place, because none of it matches up. You could say maybe she went on Halloween or around Halloween. She didn't mention all the trick-or-treaters, all the visible 10-year-olds trick-or-treating. If it was like they were setting up for a haunted house or something like that, there wouldn't have been a man there setting up the cameras because Wigs is a woman group. So there wouldn't have been a dude there setting up cameras. Definitely wouldn't be setting them up at 10 p.m. by himself. So she's either totally making the story up, flat-out fake, Or, she went to the wrong location. Here's the thing. The most likely answer is that she's totally made it up. That's just the most likely answer. However, if that was the case, she could have made it up on Reddit. She could have made it up anywhere that wouldn't be tied to this location. She could have easily posted it somewhere where someone couldn't instantly fact check it. She could have posted on Reddit and goes, Me and my friend, we once went to this spooky place out in the middle of Nevada. I forgot the name of it. And tell the same narrative. And she'd get all this karma. And people would be like, oh, that's super spooky. She could have posted it as creepypasta. She could have done a bunch of stuff. She tied it to this location. And the very next comment, someone goes, that's not true. 
My kids hang out there. My kids, my kids range from age preemie to eight. It's perfect for them. What if she went to a different location and all of this stuff is real? The dude with the cameras, the blood on the floor, the deck of cards, the creepy dolls, humans are visible. It's all sorts of madness. There may be some other place in Nevada that is this. There may be another abandoned hospital in Nevada that is this. Or, even more terrifying, she did show up to the right location. Amber Alert, did you like that? <laughs> did that scare you as much as it scared me? Let me give you one more thing before we wrap this episode up too, guys. It's never going to be the perfect time to start your project. While I've been recording this episode, I've had people walking up and down and slamming doors and dogs barking. There's always cars driving by, people listening to really loud television in the place next door to me. I got an Amber Alert going off on my phone. Do it anyways. There's never a perfect time to start your project. The perfect time is now. The perfect time was yesterday. I've been recording the show 620 some odd episodes. It's never the perfect time. It's never the perfect place. You just do it. You just get it started. If you wait for the perfect time, you'll be waiting forever. You wait for the perfect situation, you'll be waiting forever. Just one last piece of inspiration for you for the weekend. What if she showed up to the right place and this was what she experienced at this art center? She got there. It was gross. It was littered with debris. From hundreds of hobos moving in and out. Up on the top floor, where women sit with their easels and sketch out the sunset. When she went into that same room, it was covered in chains and blood and scratches. If she went back to that place, which she says she wants to go back to that place, would she find a completely different location? She walks in and she goes... When did you guys do all this renovation? It looks beautiful on the outside. Let it, look at all this. The, there's new tile on the ground. There's no, there's no dolls everywhere. They're like, this place has been renovated like this since the 70s. It's, it's been an art center. People have been using it every single day. When she went out to prove whether or not ghosts existed and ended up hearing a door slam behind her, it blew her mind. It made her think that there is life after death. What would happen if she found that when she visited this place, it was a totally different place? It was from a different reality, a darker reality, where this hospital was not reused as an art center, but fell into disrepair and became a blight on the landscape. Somehow she transcended through reality and entered a haunted building. And maybe the door slam wasn't so much the wind or even a ghost, but reality itself closing in on her. We don't know what happened to McKenna after this story, but what if she traveled home and everything was fine? But the next day when she goes to work, the building that her office normally stood in Seems decrepit. Seems like no one has been there for years. She figures she's lost. She doesn't really think anything of it. She doesn't seem to be the most brightest bulb. So she goes to her local college. Because it's time for classes to start. 
it takes her 10, 15 minutes before she realizes she's the only one on campus. She looks through the window of a classroom. It looks like it's been abandoned for decades. As she walks back out to her car, she realizes the city is quiet. No sounds of humans, no sounds of cars, no sounds of anything but her own beating heart. She thought she was just going out on a Friday night to visit a haunted house, but instead she found herself walking into a new world. A haunted world. Her entire world is slowly turning into a wasteland. And that's when the shadows begin to move. She's not alone, but she will soon wish that she was. McKenna better start believing in the afterlife. Because she's living one right now. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at deadrabbitradio. Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day. I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great weekend, guys.